Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Bases dropped on a new week of uh, Soccer's Morning Show. Soccer down here. John here, Jarrett there. And obviously, we got stuff to talk about. Atlanta's, uh, as uh, our, our dear friend Mike Conti said on the air, opening a can on Charlotte, which they did. And we'll get into that this morning. And once again, since it is a reaction Monday, any reaction that's on your mind, over, under, on par, doesn't have to be Atlanta United, could be about the world of soccer, and could be about anything that's on your mind, uh, you know, could be signs that are hanging in freaking hotel rooms telling you not to put hangers on, sp- on sprinklers and things. So there's, uh, there's that. So there's a, a lot to go on this morning, and uh, it's uh, all about what you guys are up to. And uh, morning, yes, morning from the top of the table, Sam. That's uh, kind of how things are looking right now with uh, with Atlanta United. Right now, number one in the East, Caleb Wiley with a brace. And I want to know how many of you went because y'all were loud, bottom line. And uh, it was great to see Caleb Wiley with, with his brace and his assist in the first, first half, 3-0. And uh, Atlanta United <laughs> break up St. Louis. Uh, Michael Head, all good. Keep it going. Good vibes. Yeah, break up St. Louis. We got that to talk about. So anything on your mind this morning is on the table. Like I said, with Atlanta United over under on par, MLS over under on par. Uh, last night, New England, and they got issues. LAFC put four on the board on the uh, – on the revs at BMO stadium, BMO stadium. We have to remember that one now. So a uh, lot of stuff on the table this morning and, and uh, our opening kickoff 
brought to us by our friends at kickoff coffee kickoffcoffeeco.com and uh and uh bumrich too was there best best away day you've been at for sure morning tom good morning uh unite and uh, good morning to everybody but this morning for uh, opening kickoff uh, i wanted to go to our friends once again first off at kickoff coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com and there's your qr code for those of you who are watching on twitch thanks to all of you who have invested in kickoff coffee so far and when you use the code soccer down here 15 they in turn will take a 10% and reinvest it into the youth game very very cool stuff from our friends at kickoffcoffeeco.com and now we know I almost feel like Paul Harvey there for a second and now we know the why about the MLS next pro schedule. Somebody's going to be missing from it. Rochester. I feel like I should do a Jack Benny impression. And this is your first, uh, first Google reference for the morning. Rochester. But uh, yeah, Rochester's MLS next pro team is not uh, going to be active in, in 2023. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I missed it too, because uh, man it must have just blown right past me. But uh, Rochester, Rochester's uh, Rochester FC NY, and this was the group that first off it was tied to the Raging Rhinos or just the Rhinos, depending on your perspective. But uh, Rochester Phoenix has always been, yeah, Nick's. This is what we're getting into. Um. Tied to the Rhinos, although anything out of Rochester should always be the Raging Rhinos. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> so, before, you know, we've all been trying to figure out, all right, when's the schedule coming? When is the schedule for MLS Next Pro coming so we can all figure out what's going on at the fraction this year with uh, Atlanta United 2 and everybody that's tied to uh, the, the second teams for Major League Soccer? And once again, this happens in a news dump situation. So full credit to our friends from Rochester. So it happened after the show. Uh, that's the, and that's and that's one of the questions we've got here, Ricky. We'll get into that in just a sec. So you might have to remind me. But Rochester FCNY was an independent group. Independent group. Yeah, and it does mess up. It, there are a lot of other knock-on effects. And you know, when Jarrett you know comes back in, then we'll, we'll get to. Uh, get into discussions of all of these knock-on effects. Rochester FCNY came on board back in 2021 and spent a year in MLS Next Pro. They ain't going to be around this year. So now we know why. We're waiting for a schedule, waiting for a schedule, waiting for a schedule. Now we know why. Ross, Rochester has decided that they're not going to be a part of MLS Next Pro. And they were an independent club, and it was a fantastic idea that the folks in Rochester had about bringing a team to the, you know, bringing an independent team into MLS Next Pro. Great idea. Because for soccer markets that are starved in one manner, way, shape, or form, and I apologize this morning because my voice still has not recovered from four days of talking uh, down in Macon. But for... A league to open its arms for an independent club and for an independent club to wander in the door 
and go, hey, we want to be a part of this. What you're doing is you're giving those soccer-starved markets that were not having any other chance to do something on a league-wide basis, not just, you know, short schedule or something like that, but a league-wide, an effort to be in a major schedule in a major league tied to Major League Soccer. Rochester, Rochester comes in. Rhinos go on, on hiatus in late 2017. We're having problems finding a, a suitable venue, having problems uh, in Rochester trying to solidify what they wanted to do. So Jamie Vardy, 2021, is a part of a group that brings Rochester FC and Y on board. And then they you know, go on to rebranding for 2022. And they played out of a community college up there. So for a non-MLS side, independent club, they couldn't make ends meet. But a month ago, everything sounded cool. All of a sudden, we get a news dump item in a statement from Rochester FCNY that they're not going to be a part of MLS Next Pro. Quote, when we relaunched the club after a five-year hiatus, like so many of you, we were excited about the future. While our first year was fraught with challenges, we nonetheless persevered, qualified for the playoffs. So we began the offseason. It became apparent that to stay competitive, we would need a significantly greater investment in many aspects of the club. Despite increased attendance, including the addition of nearly 600 temporary seats at our last match, the unfortunate reality is the current infrastructure, coupled with other challenges, resulted in no path to sustainability. We set out in search of a viable way to continue for the 2023 season and beyond. We met with international soccer owners to establish a technical relationship that would help reduce the operating costs of running the team. Other international team owners explored a minority investment in the club, but unfortunately none of those opportunities materialized or would have taken several years to implement. Most recently, we were in advanced discussions with an ownership group to acquire a majority interest in RNYFC. However, the purchasing group decided not to proceed earlier this week. As we were moving to close, this left us with no time and no choice but to decline fielding a team in 2023. So, that upsets everything. Everything. When it comes to what you're building. Everything. You have an idea. Everything's cool. You bring in an independent club, which was a fantastic notion because you could sit there and prove that you didn't have to be, you know, that, that you could rebuild an infrastructure or build an infrastructure in a city and be a part of something that's attached to Major League Soccer. You know, once again, Rochester proving, as it was mentioned in the release, they had to add 600 temporary seats at their community college for their last match of the year. But chasing after investment, understanding the needs of the investment, so one year for RNYFC, and they're out the door. Ricky gets into the knock-on effects. You mess up the teams in the Open Cup. And the bigger question is, what blame does the league have in this? And, you know, that you look at, you look at the vetting process, and I think that that's probably first and foremost what you're hunting for here. We saw it with Lansing in league one where you end up with one, you end up with a one and done. And I think that's the last thing 
the last thing that you want in any league is a one and done. Unfortunately, now Rochester in MLS Next Pro is a one and done. What you hope is that other non-current MLS markets, meaning first team, will not take the Rochester evidence and apply it to their own case. If you've got markets that want to be a part of it, that are outside the purview of USL League One, USL Championship, what have you, that you see a market, you want to dive in, yeah, that's cool, fantastic, we're going to dive in, be a part of MLS Next Pro. I don't know if the Vardy group, for lack of a better word, understood the financial implications of being an independent club. But it sure as hell disappointing that they're a one and done. Because that's the last thing you need in any league. RNYFC makes their way into the playoffs. You're into the Open Cup. And so now the Open Cup is having to scramble to try to figure out what the hell's going on. Who's their substitute? Who gets to, who gets to dive in now and how do you figure out who that is? All of the different knock-on effects. Yet, pretty safe to say that the week this... I mean, you're talking about a league that was supposed to that is supposed to start in basically two weeks. So two weeks before the season is supposed to start, because some clubs at the bottoms of their releases are mentioning that they, are, they have start dates and things like that. Two weeks before a league is supposed to kick off and you bail. I don't know what the level of communication was. I imagine it was fairly constant with the league in and of itself. Hey, we're having problems. We're trying to figure something out. But you'd like to have anticipated perhaps that if things were bad, and I know that you want to have hope against hope that something is going to happen, that you want to keep them active in the process. But what this does is that the folks that had the schedules squared away, they've got to redo their schedules now. So the MLS Next Pro schedule that involved Rochester and YFC has to be completely and totally rejiggered in some way. Obviously, I don't think you're going to sit there, wad it up, and throw it over your shoulder and look for file 13, but you sure as hell have created problems two weeks before the season starts. And now folks are having to, and right now it's it's more of a league thing than anything else. As opposed to the individual clubs. Because the clubs, depending on when you were supposed to play RNYFC, whether it was, you know, trying to figure out a flight to Rochester or whatever your transportation was, that would have been your biggest concern in a mock schedule, which is now, I guess, what we're calling it, a mock schedule, since the schedule uh, no longer exists. But all of the knock-on effects here. Schedule for the league. Schedule for the Open Cup. Who now goes into the Open Cup to take over RNYFC's place? I'm going to continue to emphasize the fact this was a fantastic idea on paper. 
But now I am fairly certain, Ricky, to your original point, the vetting process might get ratcheted up a couple of notches for the independent clubs. Going into this, the Major League Soccer franchises, they understand. It's like, okay, these these are our second clubs. This is what we've got to do. This is how we're going to figure things out. This is our budget. This is what we have allocated. We've got players. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Biggest thing for me is I don't want this to be a deterrent for independent markets and independent clubs. You've got an opportunity if you're an independent club to come in, be a part of a be a part of an organization, challenge yourselves, and challenge MLS Next Pro. All of these things are here in line. And RNYFC decided two weeks before the season that, nope, we can't do it. Like I said, I understand trying to sit there and figure out something against hope. It's like, okay, we know the season's coming, season's coming, we need to invest, and everything ramps up, ramps up, ramps up, ramps up, and then it's like, nope, we can't do it. But at the same time, when you have a situation like this, you know, you're hoping that the communication is there during this entire time instead of just slamming the door and sitting there going, no, we can't do it. Because then you have all the players for RNYFC that were players last year, all the staff that's affected. The soccer market of Rochester is affected once again. All of that buildup, all of those relationships, all of that stuff, all of that hope and future and everything gone. And you feel for everybody up there in Rochester and those fans who, when the the Rhinos and the Raging Rhinos were a part of things, whether it was USISL or the other leagues that they were attached to, I mean, hell of a crowd. Hell of a backing there. The organization, when you look at uh, what Rochester does for soccer in general, when you lose kind of a heritage market, and I'll use that term, over the last, say, 25 years, again, kind of makes you gun shy about support, which is the last thing you want to do. Gun shy about the game itself, which is the last thing you want to have happen. So, so yeah, KFC, kick off, kick off coffee, kick Vardy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's all of these knock-on effects. Yeah, and, and Ricky, this is yeah, and this is the thing. Have to review what the model is if you're going to have an, and it comes to the vetting. It comes to the vetting process of the independence. You know, if you like, I said, if you want in, great, but you've got to match what the demands are for your MLS clubs. So, yes, yeah, Bart, yeah, schedule release. That's the biggest thing. Everybody's got to sit there and go, oh, crap, now what? Yes, it does delay the trip to uh, for SDH to Hunt City. It absolutely does. <laughs> Parsival, if they can't find a team to take the slot, the media makes a team and has to play. The, oof, wow. <laughs> mm. uh, Tafka, being honest, I don't see the positives for independent clubs joining MLS Next Pro. Yeah, I mean, what it does, Tafka, at least to me in a certain degree, is it would set up a relationship with Major League Soccer if you want to go to MLS 1 and MLS and MLS 2. If Rochester can prove it's could, or any market, let's just say, could if any market comes in as an independent and the discussions that 
you have been at the forefront for about MLS 1, MLS, MLS 2, MLS going to 40 clubs, these independents would be the ones that could open the door if teams don't want to jump over from other leagues. So this would be the proof to Major League Soccer, hey, you know, we could fit it in an MLS 2 situation or something like MLS 1, MLS 2 situation and try to sit there and say we're worthy. It's another, it's another way, instead of, instead of cutting an $850 million check, you work at it from another angle. You work at it from the working from the bottom up. Continued promotion, working your way through. Not necessarily through winning MLS Next Pro and getting into an MLS Next 2, but what it does is it proves that your infrastructure is there and it proves that your value is there. So, um, Ricky did bring the league back to 2018, so it will be even. Yeah, speaking generally. Um, Knicks, that's another question. USL Championship question. How the lights will fare in Vegas now that they're not associated with uh, LAFC. So, Will, keeping us us up to date. And, yeah, Will, if you hear anything from a Huntsvillian perspective, uh, let us know. And then that way we can sit there and – Go, okay, well, if it's A, B, C, D, or E, then we can kind of piece things together. But, yeah, opening match for Huntsville, according to Will, still the same as far as date and time for now. Okay. So, yeah, opening kickoff, kicks Vardy. That's your opening kickoff. Brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoffcoffeeco.com. And, once again, use the code soccer down here 15 If you uh, use the code soccer down here 15 you get 15% off of your purchase. And they, in turn, take 10% reinvested into the youth game, kickoff coffee, and kickoffcoffeeco.com, like right here. It's this big old thing right here off to my right. That's your kickoff coffee notification right there. So, um, yeah, and Nick's, once again, still haven't heard anything from the twos about season tickets. All these knock-on effects that we have. All these clubs that are ready to go. Haven't heard anything. So everybody, I mean, literally, it's going to, it's going to, it almost sounds like, okay, opener now, when everybody's got to jump into the whole thing. So that's where we are with uh, the knock-on effects in MLS Next Pro because RNYFC just decided that uh, two weeks before the season's supposed to start that they can't do it. So disappointing for disappointing for Rochester for me. It's a great idea, and then so that's where we are. All right, uh, and, and no, no question about it, KFC, hooty who, and I know that Jarrett, when he comes in, will talk about that too. So, what's on your mind from Atlanta and uh, from Atlanta and Charlotte? Caleb Wiley and the numerologists were uh, were thoroughly enjoying what was going on. Four oh five on the clock. Guys wearing number twenty six. And shout out to all of you who went, A, first and foremost, because it was loud, very, very loud with 17s. Fantastic of all of you to take the four-hour trip with stops. Four hours. Four-hour trip with stops. Well done by you. So you guys were loud. Atlanta jumps on Charlotte early. And I want to know what you thought. What did you think? about what went down and once again the 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 tenants of gonzalo pineda 
Lieutenants of Gonzalo Pineda, once again, making sure that for Atlanta United, they can regain possession as quickly as possible. Once again, here, here's, I mean, if you want to, if you want to pin down the main two tenets of Gonzalo Pineda, having possession and winning the ball back as quickly and as high up the field as possible. You take those two things in to every Atlanta United match. So those are the two basic tenets that you're staring at here when it comes to Gonzalo Pineda and the vision of Atlanta United. What you saw also, and we're also efforting Jessica Charman to come in because uh, she had, you know, she was there, she saw it, and wanted to get the Charlotte perspective. But also, it gives her a chance to tease what's going on for the soccer uh, game of the week presented by our friends at Kaiser Permanente. As we uh, talk to uh, North Clayton and Trinity Christian, and it's going to be at Trinity Christian tomorrow. So we'll get Jess to come on for a couple different reasons: get her to talk about Charlotte, get her to talk about Trinity Christian, and all that. But have possession, win the ball back as quickly as possible, as high up the field as possible. That's it. Two big things. And with Atlanta United, winning the ball back, and then, you know, when you have somebody like Tiago Amada, who last time I checked, is uh, he is above average as a soccer player. Could not be happier for Caleb Wiley down the left-hand side, but also when you have uh, Brent Bronico, who is not a left back, and early on, looking at the heat maps, it was literally it was right hand side, right hand side, right hand side. When you've got Bronico over on the left as a left back, and there's problems in Charlotte. Problems, two words, problems. And so we'll see how Christian Latanzio attacks these issues, but. Dudes aren't where they're supposed to be on the pitch, and I mean that from a positional standpoint. Brant Bronico being one of them. And Atlanta United took advantage. Went down the right-hand side at Bronico as, as your left back. And then down the middle, once again, you're working in transition. Get the ball back. Tiago Almada, boom, boom, boom. Couple of passes. Almada, Wiley, goal. Then Atlanta United opened up a can. And they come back this weekend against a Portland team that lost to St. Louis. And you've also got some injuries that you've got to keep an eye on for Portland as well. So we're keeping an eye on that stuff. So Portland could be coming in shorthanded offensively against Atlanta United. And I know a lot of expectations were there early on. And for, uh, you know, for Atlanta, you're at the top of the table right now. And like I said, Want to know what you're thinking? Over, under, on par reactions, lay them all out there. And, uh, yeah, bum, bum rich, bum rich two, as opposed to bum rich one. Best away day you've been at for sure. Yeah, and uh, definitely, Bart will get into that in just a second. Uh, three stars for each of the first three matches from David. Wiley and Almada would have been on the list each week. Don't forget. Do not forget. And I'm going to post this from Bart because he reminds us all here. From Bart, do not forget to vote for Caleb Wiley for Player of the Week. Choose Wiley. The link on the uh, with the link there. So vote for Caleb Wiley. 
Emilio, is Latanzio on the hot seat? I don't know if it's hot, but somebody turned on the bun warmers in the car. I think that that's, I think that that's what you're staring at with Latanzio. And like I said, I mean, if we, and like I said, we're efforting Jess. So I think seat's getting warm. Someone in the car turned on the bun warmers. I think that's what you're staring at with Latanzio right now. I don't think, of course, hell, it's Joey Saputo. Anything is, yeah. Yeah. And Burned, I think you're right. It is Zoran Cornetta. To, uh, to your point, it's probably Zoran Cornetta that needs to be on the hot seat, not necessarily Christian Latanzio. Because Latanzio, well, but Latanzio is working with, with what Cornetta is giving him, and he's putting players in places where they can't succeed. So it might be choice D, all of the above. But yeah, I mean, this goes back even to the build last year. When we were talking about it, where Miguel Angel Ramirez comes in and he is talking about what's going on with Charlotte. We welcome in Jarrett Smith. Yes, you do. Question, uh, Burned brings in the issue. What's the issue? About Charlotte and, well, it's a two-parter. Okay. Uh, Emilio is asking if Latanzio is on the hot seat after this match conversation was not necessarily this early burned brings up the idea that it's Cornetta that needs Zorn Cornetta, the sporting director that needs to be on the hot seat, not Christian Latanzio right now. Por qué no los dos? Yeah. So I said, why can't you have both? Um, <laughs> I, I said that I said see, that if, if uh, Latanzio wasn't on the hot seat, I think that somebody turned the bun warmers on in the car at least. I mean, it's, it comes back to, we talked about the roster build, mm-hmm. right? We talked about last week. The initial roster build was not good. No. They got better when, you know, they were able to supplement that team early in the season last year, correct? Yeah. And then, you know, they brought in, uh, uh, they brought in Capetti this offseason. Uh-huh. He's a bulldog. Um he is quickly going to rise up the ranks of most hated players, and I kind of mean that in a compliment. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought he was going to get sent off in, like, the last 15 seconds of the game, and I think Jess did too, listen to the radio call, yes. uh, which was awesome to hear uh, Willie and Jess uh, calling call the game and being able to sync it up the same way we have with Jason and Mike. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think she thought he was going to get sent off too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it, it feels like it – you don't have either all your pieces or all your pieces where you want them to be because like everyone and their mother basically looked at that setup and was like, I don't know why Carol Swiderski is playing on the right wing. I feel like that nullifies what he does really well. I don't know why Brent Bronico is a left back. I think it was Bird uh, who mentioned, you know, it's like, uh, Swiderski on the wing doesn't really fit there because he's not going to be, he's not going to dribble you like, uh, I think it was Bernie who mentioned it, you know, like it's, it's what Louise does so well. Like Louise is incredibly one footed. Louise can dribble you and beat you at pace, mm. but Swiderski doesn't really have that. By the way, um, 
as, as we're like waiting for Carol Swiderski to like figure out the state of the universe, I do want to make a point to people. Um, and I like Carol Swiderski, but I do want to make this point because I feel like everyone freaked out when he, when he started like house on fire and didn't really do a lot the rest of the year. He had three more goals than Ronaldo Cisneros last year. Yeah. Three. It wasn't like he had 20 goals. It's mm-hmm. 10 goals. It's a really good start to his MLS time. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Man had three more goals than Ronaldo Cisneros. And some of that is style. Yes. Um, I think some of that is, is is the style that, you know, that they, that they went to in as, as things went on. But man, like it just feels like, yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, Bronico playing left back. <laughs> And Swiderski playing where he is, Shinyashiki in the middle. Like, it just feels like, almost feels like you're just overthinking it if you're Charlotte. Um, but you put this guy in last year in the interim tag and ask a Hawks fan how it can go when you give someone that interim tag and things work out pretty well. Um, and you give him the keys to the car. And you give him, yeah, you give him the keys to the car. And then the next year you go, Man, it it doesn't have. It's not necessarily bad, although Charlotte's first three games have been bad. Um, it's not necessarily bad, but it's not what you you, you the, the jump hasn't been what you were hoping it would be. And I know a lot of folks are as we as we are want to do and as we request on uh, Mondays for reactions. We've got a lot of folks talking about Luis. We got folks talking about Ibarra. Wait, who's number seven for Charlotte? Because Burns asking about like is is that is that Josbiak? Uh, probably. Hang on just a second. So, um, I'll look it up. You, you talk. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna look it up real quick because okay. uh, we haven't gotten your thoughts about the match other than uh, out of place disgrace. I mean, I can do that if you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're like, both in the lineups. Yeah, I'm looking now. No, we both are. We're sitting. There. Who's going to get there first? Who's going to get the information it's for me? It's, jo- it's Josbiak. Okay, so it is um, Josbiak. Jo- hey, Josbiak, never forget this man was set up for immense failure yes. by Zern Cornetta, saying last year, "Well, he is. He played in Europe, and then he played. He's got caps with the national team. If he can score against, you know, he other can European- score at Derby County, then he can handle. Well, it wasn't. It, it wasn't Derby County." It was for the national team. It's like, okay. if he can score oh. goals for his national team, he, can he score at RSL? I would think so. Like, <laughs> you've set, like, first of all, never besmirch the riot in such a way. Um, well, I'm saying, man. That's, that, that is full F around to find out territory. Mm-hmm. Um, 
second of all, don't set your man up for failure like that. He has, I think he has like two or three assists in the last oh. almost calendar year. Um, Josuiak has not been that dude at all. No, he has not. Oh, man. Oh, oh Josuiak. No, he Bad. has not. <laughs> yeah. yeah Vern, you were in the ballpark of spelling his name. I believe you have it right, actually. Uh, uh, the, the Z and the W are flipped. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's about as. I mean, all right. So let, let's let's go down the let's go down the Joe's Viac window here, just a second. So, club, uh, I'm clicking on things. <laughs> scale for interim turn permanent managers on one end of the scale is Nick McMillan on the other end is Brian Snicker. Yeah, accurate. Um, yeah. All wrong. Just just putting Freddie Gonzalez's tenure out the pasture there, Will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So if we look. For at Josviak here in uh, here in this in this in this season, we'll go back to twenty two in a second. Josviak three matches, two hundred and forty four minutes, passing percentage at seventy nine three, mm-hmm. one assist, two shots, uh, no shots on target, uh, four tackles, you know, mazel mazel on that, uh, seven fouls called, a fouls committed. And three fouls suffered for Josviak. That's that's this year. So let's go back to 22 and look at Josviak's numbers in 22. Because you know if he if he's done national team and he's uh, and he's done well at Derby County, then he can do well against RSL. Uh, okay, 19 matches, 13 starts, over 1,100 minutes, and obviously then six substitutions. Hey, there's math. Uh, Passing percentage about the same, 79-2. Then you had uh, three assists, 18 total scoring attempts. 18 total scoring attempts for Josviak last year. Four on-target scoring attempts out of the 18. And that's 18 scoring attempts in 19 matches. 18 scoring attempts in 19 matches for Josviak. Anybody, anyone who like, so this is the thing is whenever somebody talk, like whenever you get into true hyperbole where it's like, Louis Harris like might be the worst DP in, in MLS. I'm like, I promise he's not. I no. promise we're, con- you're not considering somebody who is probably worse than Joe in that category. Or, and I never want to hear somebody say like, Oh, so-and-so is the worst DP of all time, man. I promise he's not. Er- there were some early DPs that were just like legendary swing and miss. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, three assists last year. Twenty-six fouls committed. Twenty fouls suffered. Four yellow cards. Uh, Yozviak was that's a big old swing and a miss for Zoran Cornetta. Yeah, and I, I mean, like on paper, it seems like it would have worked, but like we talked about this last weekend, uh, Friday actually. Yes. Um, you can have all those DPs and you can have all these guys, but it's not FIFA. You have to fit them together correctly. And if that means, you know, sacrificing somebody, if that means changing things up, then so be it. LAFC had to do that last year. They weren't able to shoehorn all of their big names on the field at the same time and be their peak selves. Now, they look like their peak self right now because they, not unlike Nashville, have started to answer the question of where are the goals going to come from? <laughs> yes. uh, LAFC found the goals. They found a horde of them. Mm-hmm. They beat New England like a rented mule. Yeah, that was not pretty last night. 
It was Nashville not. decided that Jacob Schaffelberg can be an efficient goal scorer, apparently, when Hani Mukhtar is pulling the strings, which is great because Hani Mukhtar assisting, like, scoring and assisting like that, dude, if Hani's going to do that, then I guess, you know, he's going to go after Seba's, like, record for, uh, I, don't, I, I can't remember if Seba, if, if uh, Vela broke Seba's record, but man, that, that run that uh, Seba had with Toronto back in the day, I think it was 2015. 2016 was such a stupid season. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the sheer number of goals. I think he ended up with like 20 goals. Um, but I think he went like 20, 20. Mm-hmm. Like it was just dumb, man. Maybe Hani can do that, but yeah, you, you can, you can try and shoehorn guys on, but it's not FIFA. You got to have the right mix. And that maybe that's Swiderski playing underneath your striker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maybe it's moving guys around. Maybe it's figuring out, you know, trying to get, you're trying to get weird sometimes, but sometimes you can just get too weird. Man, yeah, Douglas Costa and Josbeck battling out the DP with a spoon right now. Yeah, there are some, there are some old DPs I feel like, um, I feel like we're forgetting that existed. But, oh, oh well, but here's your point Coco with the, the Scandinavian variant when the, le- when yeah. the loons the league. That those are yeah the 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 Minnesota United DPS that they brought in when they when they came up from USL the that that whole Scandinavian variant woo brother man yeah. okay so Sports Illustrated has a best and worst designated players in history but the article's not loading because why not um, well I mean yeah there's a there's a lot that were there I think a couple of them ended up in Dallas that were fantastic players before they made their way late in the league, Minnesota. Man, Dallas is amazing because Dallas had some. Mm-hmm. Jared, go back to where you were standing. Robot Jared took over. There you go. Sorry. Uh, oh. No, like Chris Boyd was the designated player at one point. Rafa Marquez, like some of these, like some of these were just bad. Yeah. And oh, Danielson. Danielson definitely four card. Danielson definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like whenever someone says so and so is the worst designated player, I'm like, I promise you they're probably not. They could be in that conversation, but it, it's going to take something special for someone to become the worst designated player in MLS history. Um, uh-huh. Even I don't know if Josuex can enter that. Um, I think he could, he could, he could rise up the ranks if he starts a street fight in the locker room or in, in the tunnel before a game. If he will start a street fight a la the bottle service fight between Toronto and Red Bulls in the playoffs a few years ago, if he starts one of those in a meaningless game, yeah, we can have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to see who the, the original DPs were for that 2017 uh, Scandinavian. Oh, Vadim Demidov! Oh, Vadim Demidov is, was Demidov on a DP deal? I'm trying to see. I mean, Demidoff was one of those. I mean, that was just oh my god. Uh, Claudio Reyna is one of uh, was there. Um, Frank Rost, Red Bulls named, um, named him captain. Uh, well, Demidoff was named captain for Minnesota United. Three matches. Yeah, Rafa Mark. I feel like Rafa Marquez is real high on that list. <laughs> He only played in 36 of 73 games during his two and a half years in MLS, thanks to injuries, bad form, and disciplinary absences. Mm-hmm. He ended. Speaking of discipline, he ended two straight seasons, including his final one, with red cards and playoff elimination games. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. He broke Shea Salinas' collarbone and called out his teammates for being, quote, not on his level, end quote. <laughs> At times, Red Bull supporters openly booed Marquez at every opportunity. <laughs> he was paid $4.6 million per season for this. Yes, he was. So, yeah, the ladder to which Josiak would have to climb is substantial. <laughs> Just getting getting set up to fail by your sporting director and not meeting the threshold does not make him the worst designated player because Rafa Marquez is currently sitting on that pedestal and he yeah. has basically glue, gorilla glued himself to it. Definitely. So yeah, um, I mean that 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 uh, that that uh, metal stand definitely has Rafa Marquez on it. I think it's it definitely oh, should yeah. have it's got to have Danielson on it. I think. Because if we wanted to make an award of who was the worst designated player each season, you might call it the Rafa Marquez Worst DP Award. You might put his name on the front end of it. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. Dal- Dallas stays hilarious during those peak Oscar Ferreja years because they would build these teams that were really damn good, full of homegrown kids, and then those teams would involve some DPs that were just so mediocre at best. Where you're yeah. like, what could they have been if they had gotten good DP production to go along with the brilliant Academy work? Because they kept building these really good, stable. You were like, you were like building a Toyota Corolla. That thing just kept going. It didn't have problems. It changed the oil every 3,000 miles, rotate the tires, check your fluids. Everything's great. Oh, man. Then we just decided to start adding fancy stuff to it that kept blowing up. Yeah, so so you went ahead yeah, and reminded Demidov me. Demidov is a TAM player, so Demidov cannot be oh. in that conversation. <laughs> but Vadim Demidov is also the captain of Minnesota, which might make it worse. Um, yeah, that, that fact that he only played three matches. Oh man, he's so bad. He he was uh-huh. he was so 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 bad. Uh huh, that is true. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was a tangent I didn't really intend, but yeah, sure, why not? Um, all right, you were asking so, about my thoughts on the game itself? Yes, yes, your thoughts on the game itself. <laughs> oh, um, game stay, baby, because you got uh, you got a Charlotte team that's discombobulated that doesn't seem to uh, seem to be able to put stuff together right now consistently. If mm-hmm. um, the is able to get in front, then Charlotte gets opportunities. Uh, they go a little bit like 2022 Atlanta where, you know, they get on top of things. They're feeling good. They're looking good. Um, and then they aren't able They get, you know, the penalty shot, which I, I don't think, um, I don't think was a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty. I, I understand why it was called in the moment, but he swings and misses, and his body's momentum after missing is what takes him into Brooks Lennon. Yeah. I, 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 I like that they went to VAR. I didn't disagree with them overturning it. Um, I understand, though, the idea of, man, if that was Atlanta, we'd be mad. Yeah, probably. Because um, you, you'd at that point, I think if you're, some, if you're Charlotte, man, you really wanted to steal one because it just felt like you needed to steal one. They did a little 2022 Atlanta where they were able to create some opportunities, get some good crosses in the box, uh, get a cup, uh, put one just over the crossbar at one point. Felt like, man, they're doing everything but scoring. And then Jesus just basically parted the Red Sea for Moses in the form of Diago Amada and 
um, you know, basically, yeah, I think it was Andrew Weeby tweeted out the whole thing, and like, it's a good, it's a good, quick breakdown of, hey, we're not going to pressure Miles Robinson; he's going to skip lines on the pass. Then Tagamata is going to make Bronico look like look like a Pirlo esque traffic cone, Ooh. where he's just literally going to run around him, and then break into the middle. Everyone just sucks into him. And then you play it out to Louise, who already has a goal. Everyone sucks into him. And then just get it across the box. Louise lets the ball go. And Caleb Wiley just doesn't smash it, just slots it under the keeper. Like, it just felt like at that point you were done. Yeah. You could have told me, hey, Charlotte's going to go fine, too, in the second half. And I would have been like, I'm fine with that. Um, because at that point, after Charlotte had pushed – and gotten so close only to give up that third goal. It felt like the, it felt like an, not even a straw had broken the camel's back, but an entire bale of hay had been dropped on the back of this, of this, this, this mule. And the mule was not ready for it. And his knees blew out of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Kepsi so, says that uh, Almada let it, lets it go. Jared low key genius. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of a, dummy he doesn't like he doesn't like make himself dummy style but yeah he just lets it go and uh, god i remember there was one year where joseph did that um with uh, garza there's one of the goals that greg garza scores for atlanta united i think it's in 2018 or 29 uh, i think uh, 2018 excuse me he wasn't here in 19 i think it's in 2018 um where someone fires a low cross across the face of the goal like that across the box and joseph just lets it go and everyone sucked into Joseph. Like the keeper basically got big in front of Joseph. Everyone flooded to him. And Garza standing there on the back post and literally just had to angle his foot in a way so it would bounce off and go in the net. And it was one of the easiest goals Greg Garza will ever score. And that's not a slight of Greg at all. Um, that's just, man, everybody sucked into Joseph Martinez and he was able to tap it in. Everyone sucked into Almada and to Louise. And then Caleb Wiley's just standing there and, just lots of the keeper, but that, that felt like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And then, like I said, the second half was just the second half just felt like game state. Like, yeah, Charlotte, you want to you wanna just ping the ball around and, and try and fire in these these crosses? Like, Vargas, first of all, Vargas has to start next game for Charlotte. Got to. Like, you got to you gotta get him on the field. And if that means you got to bench like Shinyashiki or something and play Swagurski underneath your striker and play Vargas out, then you got to. He's, he's good. Got, I still think I still, still think I still think I still think Shinyashiki's better coming off the bench for them. Shinyashiki's a good piece, man. He's a great piece in this league. Yeah, but um, yeah, it just it just a lot of it felt like game state in the second half, where it's like Atlanta was almost like, "Hey, man, y'all want to y'all want to do you want to do your thing? That's fine. We'll be over here. Just you know, when you screw, like we'll take the ball when you don't want it." Um, but we'll wait for you to screw up and get a, you know, scare you a couple times. And otherwise you can just kind of ping the ball around and, and fire in these crosses that aren't going to go anywhere. And it just felt like game state. Um, it wasn't uh, what the, it was, man. The, the flashbacks for Minnesota United in 2017, January signings, other than Francisco Calvo. Vadim Demidov, John Alvabaga, who I believe broke his leg in the snow game with Atlanta mm-hmm. United. I think he did. Russell. Rosma Schuler, Boshkim Kadri, Josh Gatt. That's what you were swinging and missing with. That 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 was Minnesota United for you in a nutshell. The Scandinavian variant with Demidov and Alvabaga and Schuler that did not work. So, um, 
Yeah. So that was your that was your Minnesota United flashback in in hour number one. Uh, you know, you know, Emilio, that if there was no contact initially, Lennon just decided to shove the opponent. How would it be called? It's a foul. It's a yeah. foul on Lennon. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I think I think it was his his momentum swinging and missing. Yeah. Um, Uh, I think it was a matter of like he swung and missed, and his momentum takes him into Lennon. Uh, yeah. Lennon's moving in that direction too, but if he makes contact, I don't know if it's as severe of a of, 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 you know physical confrontation. Yeah, it's it's, no it's, hard, it's hard. It's hard though because like yeah, human bodies moving at high speeds, at high intensity. It's hard to sit here and for me to say like yeah, it, it wouldn't have been anything. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, Nick's in the follow through. He says really went down due to being off balance, not much contact from Brooks really. So. Um, you know, and I know a lot of folks also in the chat this morning, uh, other than Kefzi, who decided to remind you, Jared, about uh, Hootie Who Go KSU. Uh, uh, yes, because um, Cincinnati is a lifelong rival. Uh, Skyline Chili is trash. And um, everybody, everybody, every we have, a, we have a large number of human beings on the uh, part of SDH who are in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's only one school from the state of Georgia in the tournament this year, and is Kennesaw the team, the literally the last team you would have expected, uh, because the last team I expected, because it's a team that before this year had never had a winning record in uh, in Division One, uh, yeah, you know, in top flight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they play Xavier Friday. I think at noon, twelve thirty, something yep. like that. Uh, they were. I, I checked. I believe Kennesaw is like fourteen point dogs or fourteen and a half. Uh, it's Let's a 14-3 matchup. We'll see. Yeah, it's a 3-14. Uh, opening kickoff this morning. I, Dundee, do you have to go at the top of the hour like always? Oh, we got a couple minutes. We can, we can, okay. we can, we can, we can bend it a little bit. All right. So uh, opening kickoff this morning was about Rochester and the news dump on Friday. Oh, my God. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, and so before you go – Nick's brings up a topic that has a couple of different tentacles attached to it. Nick's Caleb Wiley is a full-grown man. Yes, accurate. And even at the age of eighteen, he is a full-grown man. He's if you've ever if you've ever like gotten to see Caleb Wiley up close, yes, he is a fully grown human being. He's a large human. He's pretty well built. He's put together. Um, uh-huh. Very athletic, very big. Um, good kid. Just, but what he's done is create the conversation that we have been traditionally hoping to have when you have an MLS roster that is deep because you're going to need it for multiple competitions. You're going to need it for MLS. You're going to need it for Open Cup. You're going to need it for Leagues Cup. We've talked about the 50 matches that you could play this year in a combination of all three leagues. What Caleb Wiley is doing is right now as the hot hand, he's making it difficult for Derek Etienne to uh, to come on the on the field for more than say 35 or 40 minutes at a time but that's what you want you want that kind of a competition and then b you want that reaffirmation in the investment that you have shown in a guy like Caleb Wiley that you know and hey look you got Caleb and Derek Etienne Jr on the left hand side there's going to be zero complaints when all of this is lined up the way that it is because of everything that you hope to accomplish this year yeah, it's it's going to be very um, 
it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the, you know, the next few weeks get, get sorted out with performances. Cause, um, yeah. cause you know, Derek Etienne, when he gets on the field, we've seen him be an absolute problem. Um, and Caleb Wiley's doing everything he can to stay in that, to stay in that spot. Uh, Yakumakis mm-hmm. is, you know, came on to a game yesterday where, you know, he pressured the ball. He had like one half opportunity maybe, but like also the game state didn't really like the game state at that point, you're hanging on to a, th- uh, to, to a, to a three, nothing lead. And Charlotte's not really doing much. It didn't feel like the kind of game where like, we need him to come in and make an impact. No, we need him to come in and man, stretch your legs out, build some, build some, uh, build some endurance up if you need to, you know, have some fun with it. If something falls your way, great. But, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it, the midfield is a whole different kettle of fish mm-hmm. because Franco Ibarra has decided he's just going to absolutely destroy people in the midfield. Um, I support this decision of his. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, he has decided. Uh, he has decided that violence is on the menu, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 very funny to me. Um, but you know, Santi Sosa's back into the fray now. Eventually, Mateus Setu is going to come into the fray. You saw a Johnny Fortune for thirty seconds. Yeah, um, man, Gonzalo Pineda really likes Johnny Fortune. <laughs> um, I wouldn't Nothing be surprised if we see more of a Johnny Fortune. Uh, you have a Mercedes who at the start who makes a great play to trigger the first goal, mm-hmm. um, and it's a team, and it's like he makes the final play because like it is a team effort on that, like where you're where you're pressing and you're pinning them in, and you're basically like putting them in you know a quicksand trap so to speak. He's the one who's going to deliver the coup de gras at the end, mm-hmm. and he does with a great slide where he doesn't go through. Uh, through the player, he goes around him with the foot and pushes it perfectly. Like, man, it's so good for a Marseille. And you've got this is the thing is like you're you're seeing the depth that you had wanted to see last year. Yeah. You had wanted to see all of you know these guys be able to play together to build up chemistry to build up through preseason, uh, a tough preseason where you play. You know, was it um, Chattanooga is probably your easiest preseason game you had, even then it was kind of. Eh. But but you want to but you want but you want to build up in your preseason. You don't want to sit there. You want to build to a crescendo. You don't want to sit there and go hard, easy, hard, easy, hard, easy. You want to yeah. build up with all of and your ideas. I, I would rather I would rather a team do that. I would rather a team have a preseason that does that though. That you know has a tough preseason where you know they might not win a bunch of but might might not win a bunch of preseason games. Maybe they take part in like the old. Uh, remember the old. The old Charleston tournaments, the, yeah, the, the, the Carolina Charleston Challenge Cup, Carolina yeah. Challenge Cup. Maybe you do yeah. that, but like, I would rather see a team. I'd rather see my team personally go and do um, do a ramp up, and even if they don't win those games, at least you're playing tougher competition as you go along. And then they ended it with with, with St. Louis, which we'll get to St. Louis in just a minute because that's um, basically <laughs> St. Louis City has stolen whatever devil magic the St. Louis Cardinals carried at any given time. Um, the Cardinals ran out of it in the playoffs against Philly in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, and it's because it was siphoned out of them 
by by St. Louis City because not only did St. Louis City three and zero with three come from behind victories, uh, they also won the E on the last yesterday, uh, beating Palonetto in the final. Yeah, so, and, they, and yeah. Uh, St. Louis. So City beat uh, uh, Lamps out of Minnesota United in the semi at the death. On, oh yeah, I mean, that actually was. I don't know how many people like watch or even care about. Um, EMLS, like I know some people have varying opinions on their interest of watching another person play a video game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they post the end result. He wins it on the final kick. Yeah. And so they, and uh, MLS traditionally posts that stuff on Twitter. So you can, you can say that, um, the, the, you know, we can watch the ending and get the ending because that kind of a thing, you know, it, it happened and that was fine. So, uh, you don't have to watch the whole thing, kind of like me. That you can red zone it, and, and Major League Soccer posts the ending, so it's it's all good in that regard. Um, but yeah, they just they just won't die. Mm-mm. St. Louis no. will not die. Um, no, and, to, and to Burns' point, because Burns, you know, mentions not wanting to be a wet blanket, but you know, you know, taking a critical look at the teams that you've played oh, oh, this year. If you're Bart. Atlanta, yeah, Bart Bart's trying not to or be a Bart. Wet Oh, no, sorry, that was Bart. I just saw a B and I assumed it was Bart. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Bart. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm higher on. I think I'm, and I know I'm, I'm San Jose leaning anyway. I'm a little higher, I think, than some people are on San Jose this year, just because like it's. I think it's going to be a better season for them. Not that it yeah. could be any worse than it has been the last few years. So there's also that. Um, but I'm, I'm a little higher on San Jose and. I'm also like I, I guess I'm also I'm looking at it the same sense of like um, you you get it across the line however you can like look at what Austin did Saturday night um, yeah. Austin still can't defend consistently oh, no. still needs Brad Stuver to bail them out <laughs> but they get two absolute galazos from Owen Wolf and John Gallagher to to get it across the line against RSL instead of the riot again don't smirch the riot mm-hmm. um, is it sustainable. Probably not. Um, was Atlanta hitting Galazos against San Jose? Staying sustainable? Probably not. But they managed to get it across the line, and that's what you had to do. Toronto, I'm genuinely upset at Toronto's entire existence. And then, yeah, Charlotte's just not good. But you got so you you needed to get. I mean, given what we know about those teams now, seven points was the minimum. You needed to yeah. get that, and you got it. Um, yeah. Now, however you wanted to get it, that was fine. Now, if, if in your mind that meant you win the two home games and drew with Charlotte on the road, you got to seven points. Mm-hmm. But you needed to get that. You're in good position now. Win the games you're supposed to win. And for me personally, like getting in that philosophy of like you win your home games, you draw on the road. Yeah. In MLS, because it's so hard to play on the road in this league. You, you have to okay, you, you, you drew, you drew at home, but then you won on the road to make up for that. So. You win the games that are in front of you. You take care of those. And then when you get tougher games, which there will be plenty of coming up, yeah. Yeah. Um, some absolute pain in the ass games in your not too distant future, I'm sure. Um, you've got at least you build yourself a little bit of cushion, like some of the teams in the East and did last year, where you know they got they got out to a hot start, maybe against teams they were they should have beaten, and they did beat them. Mm-hmm. But you get out to that start. And then you can afford to, you know, have games where you're just feeling disappointed in your performance. You and can you have, don't want to have that, but you want to have the bit of wiggle room. Yeah. No, you you 
you understand going in that at some points of the season, you'll put up a clunker. But you want to give yourself room to have those clunkers and have it not affect you in the overall. Trust yeah. me, this year, Atlanta United will have a clunker. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, and, it, it, Portland is coming to town. Mm-hmm. Portland, at any given moment, is capable of dropping a clunker on anybody just because they're Portland and they're weird. And Giovanni Salarese is almost impossible to predict. Yeah. There's a I mean, really good chance they drop a clunker, man. Like, and it might be an ugly clunker because, you know, hell, Philadelphia dropped a clunker and we too. Philadelphia, damn near. Philadelphia got a goalkeeper howler from a young keeper in Chicago, and that's how they got three points Saturday night because they sure as heck didn't play like it for 80 minutes, even up yeah. a man for a chunk of that. Yeah. And I, I, I think some of it is just rotating guys, you know, with, with, with CONCACAF Champions League, which is completely understandable. But, man, like we just – I'm not sold on what Chicago is going to be potentially. I'm not a big fan of what they got no. going on there. Um, no. But, yeah, everybody's going to have them. And you just – you drag that body across the line however you have to do it. And Mm -hmm. you get those points early. So you're not in a position where you're saying, okay, well, we need to do this, this, and this to be comfortable. You want to be comfortable ahead of time. So if the schedule breaks easy for you, then, yeah, you take full advantage of it. And uh, especially it breaks easy for you early in the season when you don't have your full allotment of attacking pieces. And now you're starting to get them ready. So hopefully you have them and – I mean, yeah, now you see what you can be and what you're going to be. Now you mm-hmm. hopefully get a better look at that. Yeah. And so no, I haven't seen you... anything for Andre Blake, Sam. Um, that no. is the, that that is a very interesting point though in all this is that yeah, Andre Blake well, looks like he did his drawing. Um, yes. Jim Curtin did come out after the match and say that it could be, you know, there are varying degrees uh, of uh, groinal injury. And, you know, it could be a couple weeks, could be four to eight. And so we will see. And, and this, this, this will be an interesting, this will be an interesting thing to hear from Jim Curtin. Does Jim Curtin give us the Stanley Cup version of the injury? Or does he lay it out there and say, and he goes to the end of the line? Does he say? Yeah. Does he literally say it's a lower body injury and he's week to week or game to game and aren't we all? Or does he say, yeah, he's done for six to eight weeks and then we'll revisit it? That's what I want to hear from Jim Curtin and all of this. I mean, unless he says like, oh, yeah, he went and had surgery. Like, we're just going to assume that it's lower body injury and everybody will get upset once again about oh, teams aren't being forthcoming with injury details. Of course they're not. Again, they're not going to be. Because no one is making them. So they're not going to say, hey, man, he'll be back in eight weeks. I expect him back against, checks the schedule, against so-and-so. Like, they're not going to do that. They're going to be as vague as they are allowed to be. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to keep that in mind as well. And don't get upset when you're not getting all the information. And that's across the board. Because it is not right now. I mean, a a team can say what they want to say, and they should be able to say that. They they shouldn't be as transparent as we would like them to be. Because frankly, a lot of times when it comes to professional franchises and winning championships, 
We are all on the island of Nunya. And we're all just standing there waiting. Meaning none your damn business. And that's the way it should be. I mean, think about it from think about it from your favorite team's perspective in your favorite sports. Do you want to give competitive advantage away by sitting there and saying that so and so so and so nah. Nah, he's not gonna be there this week. Do you want to give away that competitive advantage as you're chasing after a championship? I can understand it possibly more earlier in a year than later in a year. You know, but when every point matters, when every win matters, when every position matters, even though, yes, you're going to have an 8-9 game this year in Major League Soccer, and I know that that's for TV inventory. I get it. Regardless of the league we're talking about here, look at your favorite club, look at your favorite team, look at your favorite school. In an NCAA tournament game where all of us, regardless of level of experience, are sitting there and filling out brackets for entertainment purposes only, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, do you want to know that the leading scorer for the team that you have projected to the Elite Eight is injured, dinged up, and will not be there as you fill out your bracket for entertainment purposes only? I know you want to, but teams aren't going to do that, nor should they. So just understand, as much as you despise a team that doesn't go into direct proportion for the amount of information they should give you when it comes to their injured players. Jim Curtin, I anticipate, I anticipate, like I said, Jim, Jim has never been one to mince words, whether it was about a national team job or anything like that. Never been one to mince words. Half of me anticipates he's just going to lay it all out on the line and sit there and just, you know, say blanket and, uh, yeah, he's gone for eight weeks. The other half of me in a competitive Eastern Conference where he's anticipated to be the big dog chasing after a repeat appearance in MLS Cup, he's going to be as coy as humanly possible. And he can sit there and go, nah. Yeah, we're just going to monitor him on a weekly basis. We'll see how he responds to treatment. And then we'll see what happens. But, you know, the, the keepers that are behind him, they're ready to go. And we will, you know, prepare them as best as humanly possible going up against the insert opponent here. And we're going to see how it lays out. And we'll have our information on game day at the end of the week and figure out what's going on, if he's going to be eligible or not. So that way you have to prepare for Andre Blake in addition to everyone else. You make sure that your opponent's preparation Adds those extra pages that are there. They don't have to take out the chapter on Andre Blake on a weekly basis. All of that stuff's got to be there. I mean, you look at the you look at the Philadelphia schedule. Let's look at said Philadelphia schedule and see what it looks like here. Clubs. Once again, clicking on MLSsoccer.com and seeing if Jarrett can get there before I can, which I imagine he will. He will not right now. Okay. Uh, so club site. When it comes to Philadelphia, let's go to schedule. Let's just let's just look at the next eight weeks and the possibilities of Jim Curtin actually saying Andre Blake won't be around as it loads. All right, so let's think about it. This week, tomorrow. You have the second leg in CONCACAF Champions League. You're going to give Alianza an upper hand in CONCACAF Champions League for a match at Subaru Park where you're tied on in aggregate 
where all you need is one goal to advance in the next round? No, you're not going to give Alianza a heads up. Montreal. Montreal's at the bottom of the East, but no. Purple team at Subaru Park. You're not going to tell them, even if it is kids' night. April, Sporting Kansas City, Subaru Park, April Fool's Day. I'm waiting for an April Fool's joke probably from Jim Curtin leading up to that match. Cincinnati at TQL. Chicago at Soldier Field. Philadelphia hosting Toronto FC. That gets you through the month of April. I see zero, maybe the Chicago match. I see zero opportunities for Jim Curtin to sit there and just say, or maybe Montreal, we're going to give Andre Blake a rest. Here's what's here's here's how it's going to lay out. Let's see, let's see if I'm close. You won't get a damn piece of information involving Andre Blake for Alianza to give them anything. We're resting Andre Blake for Montreal. Week to week on all the others to get you through and maybe for the Chicago match on the 15th of April. But no, I do not anticipate Jim Curtin giving piece of information one about Jim Curtin. And Jared had to go attend to things in the real world. And so, uh, yeah, Mm -mm. not happening. All right, since we're past the uh, top of the hour, by the way, it is time to uh, let everybody else back in. When it comes to our, our promos and our sponsors and folks that help us out on a daily basis, I'm going to go 13 today just to see what happens. Take it out of the loop. Hit rock. Read a promo. Broder free, clean, fresh air. One place you need to go. It's a lemonized service. QR code over my left shoulder for those of you watching on Twitch. Lemonized service deodorizes enclosed spaces like houses, apartments, and condos. They've created a customized solution that eliminizes all organic odors, including those like pet cigarettes and food. They use realtors and property managers use the lemonized service to eliminate bad odors to help them sell or rent their homes that much faster. The turnkey process makes it easy to work with said realtors and property managers. Kind of the environment. We like that these days. Offering a green way to get rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue whatsoever. Different than Febreze or our favorite masking agents that we have under the sink or above us in the cupboard. Because when we reach under the sink or above us in the cupboard. Take out that uh, masking agent, spray it in the air. There's a reason they call it a masking agent, Jerry. Why is that? Because it just masks the odor. It doesn't attack the problem all the way down to the molecule like Eliminize does with their proven scientific formula. Pricing very, very easy. One of two ways. Either buy the cubic footer parts per million and come up with a price that's affordable for you. Offering results in 24 hours or less. If you have any questions, frequently asked or otherwise, one place you need to go. That's the website where I pick up my pen. Full homework assignments, eliminize.com, but after the .com, go slash Atlanta so they know what part of the world that you are addressing them from so they can help you attack your issues. Full homework assignment, E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E.com slash Atlanta, eliminize.com slash Atlanta. Eliminize service, proud sponsors of everything SDH on a Monday where we're breaking everything down. Fade, 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 fade. That's about as close to a fade as you can get. Uh, Also, a reminder, the Soccer Down here, Games of the Week for high school. That is uh, up and running, and it will be Tuesday this week, and it will be Friday this week. The locales, Tuesday, North Clayton and Trinity Christian. So we're going to catch up with our friends in Sharpsburg. Uh, Mike Townsend, Jessica Charman, who's a 
coach at Trinity Christian this year. Perhaps we can have Jess on the show tomorrow to break that down as a bit of a tease. Then uh, Landmark Christian in Callaway. That one is uh, we're trying to I'm trying to figure out if that one's actually in Hogansville on campus or if that is at Callaway Stadium on the campus of LaGrange College. I'm thinking the latter. So uh, once again, Tuesday, North Clayton at Trinity Christian. Friday, Landmark Christian at Callaway. Double headers for both. Uh, start times, we'll let you know on those. And don't forget, uh, soccer is in session Wednesday nights at 7, released on the network to give you the best of everything going on in high school here in the state of Georgia. In session interviews, always chasing those. Jason's got rankings. He's got scores. He's got stuff to talk about. That's the official term. Soccer's in session Wednesday nights at 7 here on the SDH Network. Games of the week on Tuesday, Friday, double headers as we roll here on SDH this week. So uh, we also have the return of SDH on the USL Championship. We've got USL Championship to talk about, and we'll have that posted to the network with the midweek games going on in the Premier League. Prem and Proper is pushed to like Thursday. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. So that's that's where we are with all of our stuff. And, and Bart, you know, I'm with you with, with your thought. There's no, there's no reason to be a wet blanket, but you've done what you've had to do. You took care of business in a roundabout way, but uh, yeah, you got win, you got to win on the road to make up for the draw at home, and you got to win at home. Now Portland's coming. Portland might be a little short-handed coming in. Giovanni Savarese will frustrate the ever-loving ish out of you. But how will they respond, especially after losing to St. Louis? Lost to St. Louis at Providence Park on the weekend. So we'll see what happens there. Nothing wrong with being a wet blanket. Nothing wrong with being a little wary. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with that. And, and Will, I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can blame Rebecca Vardy directly, but perhaps legal fees getting into the deal. Uh, Tom. Concern of so much of what we're doing goes to Armada if he goes in the summer. And then Bart does finish the sentence. Then you'll have $40 million to spend on a replacement. You won't have to drop the full 40 hopefully. But, uh, obviously, the hope is that you can keep him. But once again, if you get the offer that you can't refuse, you know that Atlanta United is going to do what's best for the player. And what's best for the player is for him to go and attack his new frontier, wherever that is. And we will all, and I know the 17s will give him a hell of a send-off. Whenever that happens, you'll see him at the airport and you will wave your scarves goodbye. And it will be one of those moments that we will never forget because of what Tiago Ezekiel Almada has done to tee off on opposition here in Major League Soccer. And he's taken it up a level, I would dare say, after winning the World Cup. That's just me. Yes, Franco being violent is fun, Will. Absolutely, as a roaming destroyer. So uh, allow me, I'm going to go check in with our friends at SofaScore once again to check the numbers from the match. And like I said, I'm pouring through. Uh, <laughs> don't mention player send-offs. Just, you know, waving at the pier. You just wave at the pier with the handkerchief, that's all. Uh, nothing to do with nothing to do with cards. Just bidding, bidding the, 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 uh, the tear field at you whenever that does happen whether it's the summer or the end of the year. All right, so let's get into the numbers. And I know that since we're talking about marauding destroyers, we will uh, we'll get into that. 
Uh, let me see. Okay, so it is on previous page. So here we go. All right. So lineups and numbers, courtesy of our friends at SofaScore. Um, let's see. What are we staring at? Obviously, Caleb Wiley hit an 8.3. Tiago and Luis had 7.5s. Ibarra had a 7.1. So Franco Ibarra's numbers on the day. Full 90 minutes. 14 to 20 passing, 70% on 37 touches. 9 of 14 on ground duels. 1 for 2 in the air. So 10 for 16 on duels on the day against Charlotte. 62.5% effectiveness on his duels. 9 of 14 on the ground. Uh, Fouled four times, three clearances, a pick. Three tackles, two dribbles passed. That's Franco Ibarra on the day. You mentioned Amar Sadich. Sadich had a yellow, and he still ended up with a seven. 70 minutes, 33 touches, 21 of 27 passing, two key passes, three of four in his long balls, three for four in his duels, fouled, uh, fouled once, two clearances, two interceptions for Sadich. Then getting into the numbers that well, eh, let's go ahead and let, let's go ahead and show you the numbers on Caleb Wiley just because we can do that. Caleb Wiley, ten of eighteen passing, twenty-seven touches, two shots on target. Guess where they ended up? Then he was uh, three of eight on his duels, uh, three clearances, a tackle, two dribbles passed, at an eight point three. Uh, Tiago. 33 of 37, 89% passing on 60 touches. Five key passes for Tiago Almada. Three of four on his crosses, two for three on long balls, one big chance created, one shot on target, one shot blocked, three of five on the dribble, one four of 13 on the ground, was fouled, uh, was not fouled on the day because you had to kind of catch him. One tackle, three dribbles passed. Luis Arujo. 89 minutes, 21 of 29 passing at 72% on 44 touches. One shot on target, three shots blocked, three of five on on the dribble, five of 12 on the ground, 0 for 2 in the air, so five of 14 on his duels. One pick, two tackles, three dribbles passed. Uh, At the back, uh, Gutman, Purata, and Miles each had seven plus. Gutman. 90 minutes played, 26 of 32 passing on 54 touches. You had uh, two for five on ground duels, one for three in the air, three of eight total, four clearances, a block, a pick, a tackle, and a dribbles passed. And then one for two on dribbles. Air Force One, 90 minutes, five clearances. A pick, a tackle, a dribble passed. Six of nine on duels on the day. Two for three on the ground, four of six in the air. Fouled once, 31 of 40 from the back in passing, 78%, 52 touches. Three of seven, three of seven on long balls from uh, Juanjo Purata from the back. Then Miles, who had a 7.3. Six clearances, a block, two interceptions, a tackle. 10 for 12 on duels, miles. Six of eight in the ground, 
won all four of his air of his duels in the air. Fouled four times, thirty of forty-three passing on sixty-four touches, and had a successful dribble attempt. So, those are your numbers. Oh, and the getting into the the, the surprise of the cards, Ismail Elfath. Okay, so that was that's interesting to hear that, and be reminded of that. Uh, Sheaves, you're not a counter team. Uh, it's it. Like like we mentioned earlier, there's two basic things. It's possession and getting the ball back as quickly as possible. I mean, you're not a countering team, but you will take advantage of it if it is available for you. Possession, number one, get the ball back as quickly as possible when you lose it. And then if uh, Charlotte's going to just stand there and have a guy at left back who's not a left back, you take advantage of that too. But, if in trans, I think I think she I think you're looking at it perhaps more as a transition team, taking advantage of things in transition. Once you get the ball back or you introduce the ball, you get the ball back quickly. You work in transition, but if those opportunities are there in the it, where you have all these wide elements of space, like we saw with the pass to Almada and Almada weaving his way through the midfield and giving the ball to Caleb for a goal, they're going to give you space. Take it. I mean, just run. If you if you got twenty or thirty yards, run with it. So uh, it's just it's what the situations gave you in in, in this match. So we will keep an eye on that. Uh, Bart uh, to Tom, if we're in a top three spot in the conference. Could see us keeping Almada to push for an MLS Cup. Once again, it's going to come down to the player what the player wants. And but like I said, you know in the summer, you know in the summer. Folks are going to come knocking on the door from overseas. You know this. And once again, they give you the offer that you can't refuse. You've got to do what's best for the player. And then, as you said, Bart, you're going after that next new, you're going after that next new young dude to come up. So, uh, yes. Uh, a lot of folks talking about, yeah. And, and Michael, right there with you. Can't wait for St. Louis to come crashing down to earth. I think it's almost like you're looking at a batter who just got called up from the minors, and I don't mean that it, that that St. Louis is a minor league team. Please do not take it this way. When you get the call up to the majors, first time through the league, young hitter's going to crush it. I mean, think about Jeff Francoeur, say, as an example. Jeff Francoeur, first time through the league, was ridiculous. Then when everybody figured out you could pitch him either low and inside or low and away, and he's going to go chasing after it anyway, how does Jeff Francoeur adjust? That's what you're staring at. How does St. Louis City SC adjust to Atlanta, to Major League Soccer once they get past the quarter pole and figure out who they are, then they get past the halfway point and become more comfortable with what Bradley Carnell wants them to be, Red Bulls Midwest. How do they adjust that second time through the league? That's the question for me in St. Louis City. Or do they get found out sooner? That's the other question. Sean, and I'll put this to the floor. Thoughts on the MLS 360 show? Watched it Sunday and it was tough. I'm guessing Saturday or did you watch Sunday? Even the chat after talking about who they like and dislike was hilarious because Weeby said he thought Cincinnati was best and Atlanta's on top of the table. Yes, I know it's still early, but still. Um, 
I think when you're looking at MLS 360, be patient. Because what you're trying to do, you, you have a product, and I would hope that it is malleable. And I think that what we've seen so far is that it is. First week, you had four hosts, and this was what I was getting into, I believe it was with Dylan Butler. From a production standpoint, four hosts standing with your back to the camera looking at a big monitor talking about what's going on. I don't need that. If you're going to be a red zone type channel, be a red zone type channel. Don't be, you know, talking head channel. Week two, they laid out more, which is what they should do. I want to hear the local announcers. I want to hear what's going on with the local announcers on site. I understand why you have a host with pundits and and Sasha Questions really is becoming very, very comfortable in that role. But I think as we go, the less talk, except in halftimes and things like that, you know, or pregame, halftime, postgame analysis, those kinds of things, let the game tell the story and react to that. And I think you're seeing more of that from MLS 360. Punditry, of course, is going to be punditry, and it gives us stuff to talk about during the week. I get it, Sean, like you were talking about with Weeby. But, and and pundits and personalities are going to have their talking points anyway, and they're going to sit there and put, uh, poke their index finger on the desk and sit there and say, this is my point. Trying to be either contrarian or different, or even if you do genuinely believe what you're talking about, you're there to make a point. But do that in the in-betweens. Do that quickly as you're jetting from game to game. Do that in the pre. Do that in the post. In-game, treat it like you're being a sideline reporter. And I know that a lot of folks are asking about the basketball championships, and thank you for doing that. We'll probably tackle that at the end of the show. But treat it like you're you're a sideline reporter or a point guard. You're there in-game to make a pass so someone else can shoot. Someone else has a cleaner look, you pass it to them so they can get the bucket. MLS 360 is growing. They're only three weeks old. Let them, let them once again, let them get comfortable with who they are. Week eight, week nine. Then probably sit there and, and once they have settled into who they think they should be, then we can talk about it more. We can obviously talk about it as a as an evolving thing. But, you know, right now, let them grow into it. Let them kind of figure out who they are. This is the this is the newborn calf here. Newborn calf trying to figure out how to walk. Let them walk. Let them figure it out. And yes, I know there will be talking points that will frustrate the hell out of us. But that's once again, that's what they do. That will always be there. But the intricacies of how you get there let them grow in that regard do it with a critical eye don't just sit there and it's like okay they're doing this this and this always have a critical eye but once again along with that critical eye give them the space to grow they're only three weeks old but just let them grow they're okay um but like i said less talk from the anchors more talk from the local, 
an analyze quickly, shift to the next game. Boom, 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 boom. That's what you need to be doing from me. And they're doing more of that. So we have hope. Oh, the wrap-up show. Yeah, the wrap-up show. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, 360 and, and 360 for me, like I said, 360 is what we're talking about. Wrap-up show, you're going to have pundits talking about what you want to talk about. Yeah, and Will, for some strange reason, you're right. Jim Curtin did mention Atlanta United for for one time. Someone needs to be like talking about it. just in in the in the random Philadelphia. Get on the Zoom call and just talk about. So Atlanta United's at the top of the table. Are you concerned? And that way, Jim Curtin can talk about Atlanta United more. Uh, Martha, who is not your aunt, cautiously optimistic, enjoying the wins for sure. Agree with Bart. Want to see how the team stacks up against tough competition. But once again, you're hoping, you know, burned, as you say, Atlanta will still struggle to defend against good teams, not that well organized against the ball yet, susceptible to crosses and counters. But once again, like we talked about with preseason, Chattanooga, Mexico, Toluca, regular season, you're building up with wins and you're building up while everyone's still trying to get adjusted to each other. Everyone is trying to uh, get to full song with injuries. Coming off of injuries, Gigi and the visa, you know, Etienne and the injuries, Sosa suspensions, and so we get Santi Sosa back. So Santi Sosa back as well. We'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, Hosechu with injury. How does that rejigger what's going on in the midfield? You know, you know, Ibarra, Ibarra Sadich probably until further notice. But once again, these are the things that we talked about. With Wiley and, and Derek Etienne Jr. Especially with schedule expansion. You might have a day where you're start, you you give Gutman a bit of a rest and you bring him in late in the cup competition or something like that. Caleb Wiley starts at left back. Derek Etienne Jr. starts at left wing. Caleb Wiley's doing the things that we saw from center striker back Andrew Gutman. To what we're seeing with Wiley in the wing. Right back. You know, maybe you see Aiden McFadden in cup competition on the right-hand side. And then that gives Brooks a bit of a rest. Aiden McFadden up the right-hand side. Aruju on the inner run. So just, you know, you want the competition. You want everybody competing. You want everybody as ready as possible because of all of these games you're playing. Depth is good. I feel like I should put that on a T-shirt. Depth is good. Healthy depth is even better. Yes. According to from Andre Blake in the immortal world, immortal words of Sam Malone, a groin, a groin, a groin injury. Uh, as far as we know, it's just the one groin where Andre Blake is concerned. I don't know about three, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Martha, you're not alone with your uh, fandom or lack thereof. Knicks, because of our setup and progression forward, we are going to be susceptible down the wings. Yeah, and once again, it's the way that you have build up. If <coughs> if you have uh, Andrew Gutman in a run, Caleb Wiley drifting back, Etienne Jr. drifting back, perhaps Lennon forward, that's when your midfield drops a little bit. That's when you have a Sadich or a Hosechu drop to help out and support. And you've got uh, Ibarra or Sosa there. You've got uh Purata and Miles there so that's you know once again it's the, the responsibilities when folks go forward who comes back in support midfield drops drops back to support 
Sadich drops back to support from the right-hand side. You know, you have Ibarra there as your, you know, as your defensive midfielder, as your six. So, you know, you you have that midfielder come back. The six is there to help out your center backs. If Brooks and, if Brooks and, and Gutman go forward, Caleb back a little bit, Etienne back a little bit perhaps to prevent. But once again, midfielders drop back. Six is there. So that's that's what you're staring at. Um, yeah, Bur- uh, Bart. By the way, Bart on Wednesday. Uh, definitely still your fear. Take the easy point so far this year. Hopefully, we're sitting on eleven by the end of the month. Yes. <laughs> Jason, same way with uh, Michael. A groin, a groin, a groin injury. Yeah, absolutely. It is all cloak and dagger, and it should be, unless there are you know folks who are. In doing the investigative journalism and coming up with the uh, what with the, the ideas that are going on, it's like oh, sources close to the organization say to beat writer or someone attached to the club. Sources close to the organization say so and so is out for X amount of time. It might be Cold War era spy, uh, spycraft. Will we'll see. And Michael, yes, defending corners better with Miles. And Monho Purata. Ricky, any mistake we make now while getting results only stands to benefit us going forward. True. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, Knicks. Uh, and it's what we always like to, yes, the the wink with the, with the, uh, Sunshine pumpers, yes. And by the way, and once again, and not your Aunt Martha. Great to see Nick's. Yeah, two full sections. You got to pat yourselves on the back for that. Absolutely, pat yourselves on the back for all of that. Uh, so Sean graded the promo. Minus three. Who is Jerry? That's a Seinfeld reference. Sorry, that's a, that. That's a uh, that is a Seinfeld reference. It's either from Kramer or from. Uh, uh, George Costanza. Uh, so that's where that came from. Plus one on the music level. So 13 is acceptable. I always pick up my pen. That's always a part of the scripting. Minus two, randomly looking around the room. Uh, so a 4.8. Randomly looking around the room, I'm trying to figure out where my papers are. You know, do I need to write something down? Do I need to grab my legal pad? Because my desk, by the way, Sean, and thank you for grading the promo with you know, 25 minutes to go in the show. I'm finally getting to it. And thank you, Nick's, for the 8.5 because you're feeling generous on a Monday. Because, you know, when, when teams win, folks are feeling generous. So, just to, Sean, just to give you the idea of the layout, it is me staring at you here, straight on, here on the desktop. Desktop locks in right here. It's all good. So I can see you and I can type. Computer number two is off to my left. The laptop is off. Laptop number one is off to my left. And should I need laptop number two active, it is right here. I have the big monitor off to the left in case there's breaking news. So that's what I'm staring at here. It's almost like it's almost like working working in a semicircle. And so that's why that's why the randomly looking around the room is happening. It's because we're checking breaking news. We're checking about what's going on. We have three computers possibly that could be functioning at any given moment. I will take that 4.8 and explain why. And once again, Nick, thank you. 
for uh, giving me the 8.5 because you're feeling generous on a Monday. And she, yeah, I mean, right, like that we're on top right now, more pressure on us to keep it there. And the guys, the guys want to, the guys want to chase after titles. They want to, you know, Garth Lagerway said, playoff home game. That's his goal. With this team right now, everybody being healthy. And welcome to the discussions about health, Philadelphia Union. Mm hmm. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sadis got the smart yellow. Yep. Ozzy, and when Ozzy Alonso gets healthy, Ozzy and a bar are going to be Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers hockey, and you can't wait. I mean, think about it. You, you bring in Ozzy Alonso. For the final 20 minutes, you bring that sandpaper in. You give, I mean, Ibarra can run like hell for 70 minutes. Or Sosa can run like hell for 70 minutes. You bring in Ozzy to just kind of lock things down as an enforcer. I'll allow it. Knicks, say it's got you the first goal with the win of the ball. He's growing on you. Will. As a Bears and an Atlanta United fan, I really think I got the best of David Tepper on all fronts this weekend. Yeah, big trade. Big trade for the number one overall pick. Man, that's big stuff. So does that mean that it's going to be uh, Richardson? Or does it mean uh, the quarterback from Ohio State for your Bears? That's a question. Uh, not your Aunt Martha. Rewatched the match last night. Do love seeing Almada take leadership on the pitch, pointing and passing and talking to all the attackers. Seem to be communicating, connecting so much better than last year. Chemistry, been waiting to see for three years. Hope it continues. It wasn't just a fluke. I don't think it's a fluke. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the pictures out of the locker room, you got a lot of dudes standing in one place for the team photo after a win. All the stuff that we saw out of training camp. All the stuff that we got out of training camp. And, Ricky, thank you for the breaking news. We'll get into that, too, as we go down the timeline. You see all of the, the competitions, the rock, paper, scissors, all those kinds of things to, to uh, galvanize a squad. Guys look like they're having fun. They're having fun with each other. And when you're out of the blocks at seven points in your first three matches, yeah, you're having fun. But, I mean, all the off-the-field stuff, too. Look at all that when they post it on Twitter. All the, the, running, through the running through the walls, the, the uh, cakes in the face, rock, paper, scissors, all that kind of stuff. It's good to see. Miles has been rebuilt faster and stronger. He is the, uh, the, the $6 million man, without question. We have the technology. We certainly have. Lennon Gutman presence up the field so much different when you're not chasing the game and when the opponent can't sit back. I like their danger, but I don't always need them up. Yeah, that's true. But once again, just you know, remember that the field will twist a little bit when it comes to how you're looking at things, meaning formationally. And we also talk about I mentioned that formations you when you see the graphic that comes up on season pass, first off, they take that from Opta. So it's a 4-3-3. But then ball's kicked, things happen. So no going in, it's 4-3-3-ish, and then players move and all that kind of stuff. Uh, in, the, in the summer, probably not burned. Going for the next young dude. Go for a more established player. Stay here longer. You can build your whole team, whole team around like a Nico Ladera. We'll see. Uh, Martha. 
The stock is high. He's going, can't risk an injury, just like a college basketball player going pro. Rare they stay and ride it out. Money, risk, and big dreams make that call. <laughs> Sam wants Luka Modric. Sam wants Luka Modric. Put that there. Burn agrees. I'm not a Real Madrid fan. Fine with that. Uh, Will. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the basketball because I'm going to dunk it. Last. Uh, okay. So Sam says he's on the last year of his deal. On the last year of his deal. So we'll see. And uh, Bart. Sources close to the situation. Tell him Charlotte fans will not keep showing up to watch a bad soccer team. We'll see. So, uh, Ricky, with the uh, developing story and the the breaking news. So, please allow me to find the breaking news sounder here on a Monday, provided I can click to it and see what's going on. You know, where where is my – there's my grid. Okay, there it is. All right. So, Ricky Ricardo, Bayern Munich announcing a partnership with LAFC. Time to uh, hit the rock and roll that we that we like to hit when we can. But I've got to fix the volume because I always forget to do that. We always know that that's a problem. So here we go. That was interesting. Oh, so I literally didn't turn it down in time. I see how that works. Okay. So Bayern Munich. And LAFC, they're partnering. So it gives uh, John Thorrington more options to figure out how to do things. So you know, we'll keep an eye on that as, as they are trying to uh, figure out how they can continue to work in and around the salary cap for Major League Soccer. Did I say that in my out loud, in my out loud voice? I'm sure I did. Um, so the tweet is broken. Here's the press release. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah, because I was I've clicked on the tweet and it was broken. So uh don't know how many MLS clubs Byron has relationships with. So it's Dallas and LAFC, so it's at least two. Yes, except all cookies. Goodness gracious, FC Byron. I'm trying to read something. I rarely come onto your website, and I would like to read what is on your website this morning. So they're thinking twice about. Posting a release now, too. It's thinking. Byron, FC Byron is thinking as a website. No, you friggin' uh No, I don't want that either. Man, this is annoying. All right. So, anyway, I'll take, a, I'll take your word for it, Ricky, considering that uh, my computer doesn't want to work. I don't want to be signed up for it. There we go. All right, there's FC Bayern. It's loading for the 38th minute in a row. Uh, our, uh, this is the wording from FC Bayern, so here's here's how it is. FC Bayern Munich, Major League Soccer champions, LA football, I'm, and I'm going to shorten some of this, are to cooperate in the development of young talent. We're to cooperate. We're going to cooperate. To this end, the two clubs have set up a joint venture called Red and Gold Football, based in Munich. Management team will be announced in the near future. The aim of the cooperation is to develop international talents, also in cooperation with partner clubs for their own teams and for professional football. 
We have a paragraph from Oliver Kahn. We have a paragraph from Hassan Saleh Hamzic. We have a paragraph from John Thorrington. We have a paragraph from LAFC co-president and, and chief branding officer Larry Friedman. Since 2014, FC Bayern has established three foreign offices in New York for the American market. Shanghai for the Chinese market in 2017, Bangkok in 22 for the Southeast Asian market. FC Bayern is also in touch with its international fans and partners via regular summer tours for the professional team to the USA or Asia. Paragraph about LAFC. Since 2018, the team of head coach Stephen Chirundolo, 44, parenthesis, formerly a Bundesliga professional for many years with Hanover 96, has won more regular season matches than any other team in Major League Soccer. FC Bayern Youth Cup will be visiting Japan at the end of March. So, bunch of paragraphs from a bunch of quotes from a bunch of dudes. Bottom line is, FC Bayern is now partnering with uh, what's going on with LAFC. Uh, Will says, Bears don't need a QB. Believe in JF1. I'm sure, but I think he regressed this past season, so we'll see. So, read the press release, and... Uh, Nixon Bart, you know, it's still early and it was Atlanta impressed with the turnout on Saturday. Yes, you did. 17s. You boosted attendance. Definitely. Not your aunt Martha is going to miss the Nashville away game at Geodas. So it's going to be a party too. Santa. Oh, so you and Santa are going to be in Louisiana for your birthday. Got for his birthday. Got it. And, and yeah, also this Sam mentions the TIFO. And like I said, the numerology of its score of Caleb scoring at 405 on the clock, wearing number 26. I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to both of the supporters groups. And by the way, you see over my right shoulder, our friends from Mint City Collective, for those of you watching on Twitch, there are still they are still accepting uh donations if you want to pick up a scarf that will uh, benefit the Anton Walks Foundation and everything that uh, they've got squared away for that. And also, um, yeah, the TIFO was very, very cool. So great work by all of you. Now, and there's something else that obviously I'll talk to Jess about when she comes on the show. Uh, and we all know, we, we all know that Jagaloons exist. We, we all know. And that is a, that is a word that I picked up from uh, one of the best uh, promo cutters in the business, our buddy Eli Drake. And, you know, Eli really knows, you know, how to, how to control an audience. Let me talk to you. Yeah. So, you know, when Eli says stuff, you listen, because as LA Knight, he really cuts a really good promo. But, and, and Jagaloons are everywhere. So, this past weekend, and I guess, you know, we'll go ahead and say it. There, there, are, there are some folks that like to ex- expand their Twitter muscles. They really like to expand their Twitter muscles a lot. And someone decided before he, he either blocked or rescinded or did whatever to his tweet, uh, Jess makes regular appearances on local sports talk radio and also on the flagship up there in Charlotte that she and Willie P are on WFNZ and she'll talk soccer. She'll talk other stuff. She'll go off the rails and that's fine. That's very cool that that they call on her to talk about Charlotte FC and other things as much as they do. It's fantastic. So 
some jagaloon in the Charlotte listening area referred to Jess as the most annoying voice in radio history. The most annoying voice in radio history. And so uh, Jess took what the guy said and said, yeah, hey, most most annoying voice in radio history, I'll take it. And so now, because she has been given that moniker, the most annoying voice in radio history, our friends at Olive and York are doing some fantastic work jumping on it. I just posted the link in our chat. Olive and York beat us to it. They have produced a T-shirt, which I have bought instantaneously. I absolutely bought that instantaneously. Once again, you buy the T-shirt from our friends at Olive and York. All the proceeds go to the Anton Walks Foundation. So when somebody goes chasing after Jess, Jess has done this with Olive and York, and it goes to the Anton Walks Foundation, all the proceeds. Fantastic job by Jess and Olive and York. And like I said, I just posted it in the chat. And it's at the oliveandyork.com website. So uh, fantastic stuff done by everybody there involved. And the TIFO, absolutely amazing. Burned. Byron's starting to steal California talents for cheap the same way they used to steal Dallas talents for free until Dallas wisened up. We'll see if John Thorrington wises up. Yes, Nick, you are absolutely correct. John versus the Internet. It's always a fun watch because John usually loses when he's going up against the Internet. Uh, (laughs) True. Uh, Go, go. It's John versus the German Internet. Das Internet, probably. Uh, Burned. Think Dallas stopped that partnership after they stole Chris Richards for like a million bucks. Uh, Michael, don't why don't we have a cool relationship with a huge worldwide club? Well, we might. You never know. I'm sure that once again you find things that are beneficial. You know that's you want to make sure that it's beneficial for both parties, like Byrne just said. You want the partnership. It's not a partnership if it's one sided. When Byron comes in and gets Chris Richards for like a million bucks, that's not one-sided. Or that's Dallas not understanding what the value of the relationship could be. Well, it's probably, I mean, Coco, you probably aren't too far away from the truth. You and Nixon, Coco. Yeah. Hey, Darren, let's do this. We know a guy there. Um, So, yeah, very, very cool stuff uh, across the board when it comes to all of that. Now, uh, I know that you guys asked about the basketball championships. And and thank you, Ricky, for Demidov being a TAM player. Um, probably the best athlete that I saw was, it was the Wheeler players. I mean, yeah, you're going, uh, it's probably the Wheeler players. Seeing Isaiah Collier, Aronson Page, there were two players. Uh, Collier was our player of the year at GPB Sports. Aronson Page was on our on our uh, boys squad for, for team of the year. So it would probably end up being by default the Wheeler players. I know Abby's happy about hearing that. 
But, I mean, you just saw, I mean, there's a freshman for Cedar Grove that stepped up uh, in their championship game in the eventual loss. But, I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at the storylines. I mean, what Keisha Brown is building at Galloway, uh, going to overtime before losing to St. Francis in, in a region battle. What you saw from Kingsridge, who was a four seed coming through, knocking off Mount Pisgah as a two. Uh, shout out to to Chase Daniel at Clinch County for winning a championship in girls hoops and taking that back. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Brookwood upsetting Norcross on the girls' side in 7A. Uh, Kel getting the double in six. But, uh, and Wilkinson County. Wilkinson County, one of the more, if you if you don't know uh, programs that are above the top rankings in a lot of uh, the classifications, Wilkinson County is in Irwinton, and Irwinton is oh, what about thirty minutes, I think, outside of Macon. In in uh, Wilkinson County, it's kind of like northeast, or north northeast, or east northeast of Macon, and they've won 11 state championships, and the current coach is a former player for the coach who won the first 10. Got to see Bud Dupree as, as well come in with a little guidance from Dr. Aaron Jeter. But, uh, no, you look at uh, – no, Nick's I did not. No, I did not hang my clothes on the sprinkler. Uh, but, no, I would say by default kind of the Wheeler players. And so that was the fun part for – for me just to kind of see the whole thing. And, and I will also say this. No, no, I did not hang my clothes in a sprinkler. I hung them in the closet where they belong, Nicks. Gosh, almighty, I can't believe they had to put a sign, which means that somebody put a put clothes on that sprinkler or a sprinkler in a room, caused some flooding, some unnecessary flooding at a Marriott property somewhere on this planet. You don't get a you don't even get you don't have a sprinkler head or a sprinkler head warning in your hotel room next. That's disappointing. But yeah, apparently somebody, in addition to grabbing coffee coffee and finding out it's hot, hung their clothes from the sprinkler head in the hotel room, thinking it was a place to hang your clothes. Thus the sign. Not recommended behavior, people. Not recommended behavior at all. One bit. Uh, any other things on your mind before we go? I mean, obviously we got stuff to talk about, uh, tomorrow with the rest of major league soccer. Like I said, we're offering Jessica Charman this week to see what she's up to before Charlotte's next match to get to get the pulse of Charlotte. We've got the high school games on Tuesday and Friday, North Clayton, Trinity Christian tomorrow, the doubleheader landmark Christian Callaway on Friday with the doubleheader right now, subject to change. We'll see. We'll see if uh, we're going to Hogansville or if we're, uh, looking at other matchups, we may twist. We'll see. But uh, once again, you've got Bart, you've got Dylan on Wednesday. It's the return of Thursdays with Nico. Could be on Thursday, could be on Friday. Prem and Proppers later this week. SDH on USL Championship returns with match week one in USL Championship. Kubo Torres got a goal for uh, Vegas Lights to secure a point on the road for them. I think they were at RGV. So uh, we'll see what's going on there. But uh, and over in England. Bournemouth with a surprise result. Bournemouth got a big, a big result. And BBC has apologized to Gary Lineker 
the match of the day host is going to return. And Casemiro got a red for Manchester United, so he's out for a while. Uh, you've got uh, all of the other stuff going on overseas. He faces a four-game ban after getting a straight red. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Eric Tenhog says that refereeing decisions in the match against Southampton had a big influence on the game. He says the game was influenced by the ref. So we'll see what's going on. Uh, gossip rumor and innuendo before we go. Uh, West Ham is out of the relegation zone, so we'll keep an eye on that. But it's by points, I mean by goal difference, and we got to keep an eye on that. Very, very log jam between. T- so you got nine teams, I think, separated by six points in the Premier League Championship uh, to chase after spots and, and not be relegated. It's pretty much the same thing. So here's your your Monday transfer gossip. Uh, Manchester United looking at a summer move for Fulham's uh, Joao Palinha. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. Newcastle Spurs also monitoring. That's from the three-letter paper. Liverpool, apparently, according to the four-letter paper, are the most serious suitors. Once again, accept the information at your own peril. Manchester City interested in Ben Chilwell, who could be a part of a mass clear-out at Chelsea this summer. That's from Mondays with David Ornstein over at The Athletic. Preparing to offer Julian Alvarez a new contract through June of 28. Could be completed before the game with RB Leipzig on Tuesday. So remember, tomorrow, second legs in Champions League. Tomorrow, starting tomorrow. Romelu Lukaku wants to stay at Inter Milan when his loan expires, but they can't afford to keep him on the same terms, and he's not a part of Graham Potter's plans at Chelsea. Once again, four-letter paper. PSG have joined Chelsea and Manchester United in wanting Napoli's Victor Osimhen. It's from Nicolo Shira. PSG have put contract talks with Messi and Sergio Ramos on hold amid concerns they'll face fresh Champions League sanctions for further FFP breaches. That's from the Mirror. Chelsea and Newcastle monitoring Rafinha's situation at Barca. They could be willing to sell the 26-year-old. Forrest are not willing to offer Jesse Lingard a new contract when his one-year deal ends this summer. Remember, I think they have like 72 inbound players at Forrest this year. They're going to sort that out if they're going to when they stay up or if they stay up. Inter Milan will again try to sign Victor Lindelof for Manchester United in the summer after failing to a loan deal in January. Three-letter paper. Inter are also the favorites to sign France forward Marcus Turam from Borussia Mönchengladbach, despite interest from Juve, Manchester United, and Newcastle. It's from Calcio Mercato. Arsenal have been monitoring Moussa Diaby at Bayer Leverkusen, also interest from Newcastle and PSG. Atletico Paranaense's Victor Roque, 18, has turned down a move to Arsenal because he would favor a move to Barca. Can someone please explain to Mr. Roque about uh, Barca's Lack of funds. Atletico Madrid have emerged as contenders to sign Bobby Firmino as a free agent when his Liverpool contract expires this summer. An unnamed Saudi club will submit, quote, a huge offer to Firmino to sign him when he leaves. Paul Pogba wants to stay at Juve despite making only two appearances since rejoining Manchester United this summer. Uh, also on the board, uh, Man U and Newcastle following the development of PSV Eindhoven's 19-year-old uh, midfielder, uh, Xavi Simons. Forrest have yet to decide whether to sign Dean Henderson or Kaylor Navas on a permanent deal after the end of their loan deals. Sir Jim Ratcliffe is confident his takeover bid at Manchester United will be successful after hiring Sir Dave Brailsford. That's from the Metro. Uh, from the other paper papers, 
once again, avoiding E3 and the four-letter papers with their information. Uh, Tottenham uh, Daily Express. Tottenham have decided against talking to potential Antonio Conte replacements despite compiling a short list of options. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic has been told to, quote, keep calm as uncertainty around his future lingers on. The Serbian national uh, got a penalty for Juve on Sunday as his team defeated Sampdoria. Chelsea have been tipped to snub the opportunity to sign Palmeiras' Rafael Vega, who's piqued interest of Premier League clubs. Uh, Chelsea Chief Todd Bowley has hit Newcastle United's billionaires where it hurts by snatching uh, Dewan Richards from them. The promising striker had been on trial with the Magpies before the Blues made their move. And uh, Spurs have reportedly narrowed down their search for Hugo Lloris' replacement, and a concrete proposal for Villa keeper Emmy Martinez could be launched by Paratici in the coming weeks. Uh, Telegraph, Manchester United's sale deadline's been pushed back to the summer with hopes of a swift sale receding. Independent Eddie Howe's confident Callum Wilson still has what it takes for, for his national team as he attempts to battle his way out of a personal goal drought. Uh, athletic, Lionel Messi's dream of returning to play home in Rosario appears to be over after the drug wars have come chillingly close to home. Remember the note that was sent to the grocery store. Have to keep an eye on that. Uh, Edder Militao is concerned that Salah and Firmino could inspire Liverpool to a famous comeback on Wednesday night. West Ham have earmarked Michael Carrick as a potential successor to David Moyes, should Moyes get the sack. Liverpool's uh, Mohamed Salah's villa in Cairo has been burgled, according to reports out of Egypt. And uh, Firmino is refusing to enter talks with other clubs ahead of leaving Liverpool, and that stance may complicate Chelsea's attempts to sign Joao Felix. Daily Star, David Moyes could still keep his job even if West Ham are relegated despite a $200 million spending spree. Don't know about that. Uh, other couple of things, and thank you guys for uh, remembering the notes as well. Utah Royals coming back to the NWSL. Very, very cool. As a part of the uh, ongoing growth of franchises in the NWSL, so we'll see what happens there. And Burned. Uh, Casemiro is not built for a league that uses VAR excessively to look for red card fouls. It wasn't a red card for him, but the point stands. So we'll keep an eye and see what happens with Casemiro when it comes to his uh, possible four-match suspension for Manchester United. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, tomorrow, once again, we're going to talk more stuff. Official term. We'll keep talking about Atlanta United. What else is on your mind in Major League Soccer? And uh, Chase, after that, remember guests this week. As always, traditionally, uh, unless he gets pulled away for real-world stuff, Dylan Butler, Bart Keeler joining us on Wednesday, uh, Beyond Goals Mentoring, so I believe it would be Greg Garza's turn on Friday as a part of the Weekend Whip Around and any of the other guests that we can drag in to come and hang out with us on a daily basis. So, once again, it's another week starting here at Soccer Down Here. Thanks for hanging out with us, as you always do, for Soccer's Morning Show. You can listen later on the uh, app and all the other places that you can listen to us at Soccer Down Here and SoccerDownHere.net. Don't forget, iOS and Android for the SDH app. we got soccer for high school Tuesday and Friday. Soccer's in session Wednesday nights at 7 here on the network. So for everybody here at SDH, for Jason, for Jared, for Nick, I'm just John. Played safe, everybody. It's another go-around of SDH on a Monday. Reactions have been entered and ordered into the record at SDH, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Played safe, everybody. Mucha plot, y'all. Since it's the end of the show, that means I get to do this. We'll see you tomorrow.